Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name is Luke one of the coaches here at PH Nutrition. And today I am delighted to be joined by coach Tom McClure. And we're going to be talking all about nutrition for double training days. Tom, how are you doing? It's great to have you. I'm good, Luke. Thanks for inviting me on. Excited to be uh, diving into this uh, this topic with you. How are you? You keeping well? I'm very well, thank you, man. Very well indeed. Uh, yeah, I'm just to have you on board because you are the double training day extraordinaire at ph nutrition because of your your the hybrid athlete as i'm sure a load of the listeners know already from the pod that you did about um the total and the ultra marathon and that kind of stuff but that means that you train a lot and so i thought who better to talk double training with than the man who trains as much as you do so similar to kind of the timing of training podcast series we've been doing where we've done morning training afternoon training evening training we're going to be talking about double training for you guys so common mistakes how to do it why we do what we do and how to approach that so tom i'm going to kick things off with common mistakes that we see when people are training twice a day and they're fueling any ideas for me absolutely yeah see this see this quite a bit and depending on when your second session is which is something to obviously dive into as well but number one common fault is just structure slash not eating enough between session one and session two and this has a knock-on effect to so many other things throughout the day so if you're someone who feels sluggish in that second session and you're struggling through and maybe you're not hitting the percentages of the lifts or you're struggling to hit the speed on the row machine or you just can't link those toe to bar more efficiently it's likely you've not got enough fuel in the tank because effectively your uh, your post-workout nutrition from session one is is playing a role in your pre-workout nutrition for session two. And then I commonly see uh, clients in the past of then, you know, end up kind of backloading calories right into the end of the day. So, you know, they, they get home from the second session, they open up the MyFitnessPal and they're like, how am I going to fit all these calories in? You know, so not only are they, are they backloaded, but then sometimes the quality can drop and you know, so for me, it's just that 
that meal structure, getting things aligned to make sure that, that second session you're able to train at, at the stimulus and get the demand and adaptation that you're after. Fantastic. And I'm, I'm super glad you mentioned the thing about kind of backloading calories in the evening, because I think this one can sometimes go a little bit unnoticed because sometimes people across the day will still be getting enough food in definitely so they won't feel like they're in a deficit and we're not saying that you'll be in like a long-term deficit either we're just kind of um saying here that second session it's quite common for energy availability to be lower because of that distribution of calories like you said there tom so it's one that people think oh i know i'm not in a deficit i know i'm eating enough but it's eating enough at the right time um, and making sure you've got structure for that as well so let's let's touch on that immediately um tom guinea pig because you are a double training guy double training day guy yeah. uh, what i want us to is just kind of break down meal by meal time by time uh how you attack your training sessions so what times you normally train and how you feel around it and then obviously what we can do then is expand to look at okay if you're training at slightly different times this is how you can use the principles that tom nice. uses but for you so talk us through it so uh just for a bit of context typically Four days a week for me is double sessions, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So that's a lot of volume at the start of the week as well. So I think this is why this is really important. And then a Friday as well as a double session. Typically, session one is normally about half six, seven o'clock in the morning. And often as well, this is a performance-based session, either in the gym. So I'm lifting weights at normally kind of strength focused. Or if I am running, it's often a uh, kind of like a tempo session or you know, some intervals, that kind of stuff, if I tend to be training in the morning. So I do not train fasted. I'm not personally a fan of training fasted. And if and if you are any, any sort of client listening who has a performance-based goal or you want to get the most out of your session, having something, anything before you work out is going to be a benefit. So for me personally, I tend to get up just around five o'clock and the first two things I tend to do are hydrate and then get some food in because then that gives me about 90 minutes to two hours. So for that to adequately have digested so I can get a decent amount of food in before training at 6.30. Ace, and before we kind of move on to other times of the day there as well, I know obviously you mentioned anyone listening that has a performance-based goal not to train faster, which I totally agree with as well. Um, are there any sessions where maybe you would train fasted if you were doing double training days. I can think of a couple where I want your ideas as well. Potentially, if the session was very, very low intensity, uh, you know, if the energy demand of the session is lower or it's a very short session, maybe you're on like even like a taper week or a deload week and you know you can kind of get through, you know, and, and be okay and you're not trying to do anything specific, then yes, you can train fasted. Uh, and obviously, if your time domains mean that you know, you've got to get in the gym at 5.30 in the morning. We're not asking you to get up at 3.34 in the morning. Like sleep is more important. So there's always a bit of trade-off, isn't there, between what time you get up, what time you're going to get in the gym. Yeah, of course you can train fasted, but for optimal performance, yeah, food is food is good. Cool, spot on. And I think the, the use of the word performance there is so, so key. Um, one situation where I would kind of think about potentially training fasted is for sessions that I like to call adaptive sessions. Uh, and this is some stuff I've kind of done before, worked on in the past with a couple of athletes as mine as well. Um, I essentially see as we know that we are not going to perform at our best in this session, but we're using it to drive a certain adaptation. Um, there's a theory called the train low, compete high theory, and it's still a theory. We still don't necessarily um, know. In fact, a lot of it suggests that 
you don't necessarily have to utilize train low, compete high, but there are some situations where it might be worth giving it a go. And train low, compete high is basically um, utilizing these sessions where if you're training at an intensity that is low enough to not necessarily need huge amounts of carbohydrates, huge amounts of glycogen. So we're talking like zone two, steady state, um, not necessarily strong as well. Because even if you were doing zone two sessions, but for like two, three hours in the morning, I would still advise fueling for those sessions because of the length. But if you're doing kind of like zone two for 45, 60 minutes, that kind of thing. And the goal of the session is to drive adaptation to potentially improve your body's ability to use fat as a fuel at low intensities, then that I think is still kind of a valid a valid point where you can fast. Um, and obviously across the day, you still want to be hitting your targets. You don't want to be backloading towards the end of the day because you've got that middle gap, which we're going to get onto for sure. Um, but that is kind of very, very few situations where I'd say it's worth fasting. Most of the time, as Thomas said, get some food in you, especially, um, I know a lot of us are CrossFit athletes, especially if you're doing CrossFit. Very rarely are CrossFit sessions, adaptive <laughs> sessions from that point of view anyway. They're much more often those high intensity, you want to get the most out of it. So having something, definitely. Um, and like Tom's, if he if you do, can't necessarily get up kind of that two hours, 90 minutes before, um, then maybe getting 50 minutes before, having something smaller but higher in carbohydrate, and maybe even trying some liquid nutrition as well there. Um, and something that I see is almost trying to anticipate the, this the day before as well. And we'll probably chat about that when we get on to kind of rest days and double training as well. Um, but if you know you're not going to get loads of food in in the morning before that session, it's just going to be a little something, then potentially having a little bit more carbs before bed the night before could be useful just to top up the glycogen stores. I also always think that it's useful from a psychological point of view as well. If you wake up that next day, knowing you've had that little bit of extra carbs and you're going to have a little bit of extra carbs before you start as well, then happy days, you're going to be firing you're going to trick your brain and you're going to be firing for sure so yeah cheers tom awesome so we've got the first kind of session out the way so we get up you get up um two hours before have some food attack the session what happens after that so regardless if you train faster or not we want to refuel like i said right at the start if you're training twice per day your post-workout has almost got a be a little bit of kind of pre-workout for the second session as well. So again, we don't want to be backloading calories, don't want to be saving stuff for the end of the day. So getting what we'd call a training meal in, so a, a protein and carbohydrate dense meal within about 45 minutes to an hour post-session uh, is, is my go-to. So yeah, normally come home, shower, et cetera, and yeah, then have breakfast. And just as an idea, um, training meal-wise, what kind of what is a good target hit? I know we always think with recovery, we think about those three R's, we think about rehydrating, refueling, um, and then repair protein and carbs, like we've said there with those training meals. I'm assuming, Tom, for you, that's kind of like looking like a pretty normal standard breakfast. You know, it might be some uh, eggs and bagels, that thing. It might be some overnight oats with some protein powder in there. Um, all that kind of golden, right? Yeah, yeah. They're my go-tos. Overnight oats or, or, or a big smoothie, because again, that's yes. quick and convenient can get quite a lot of good nutrition in there, you know, get some frozen berries in there, handful of spinach. But also, you know, again, because I'm training twice a day, I've got a lot to fit in. Yeah. So again, I don't want to spend loads of time cooking and preparing food. So either overnight oats, again, like Luke said, you can make that the day before. You can make three days worth of overnight oats, leave it in the fridge. Or if I know I'm a bit shorter on time, then a smoothie is great because then I can make that, take it with me, shower, 
get on my desk and just start on with the day. Outstanding. Awesome. And just so we've got some context moving forward as well. Obviously, guys, you listening might have different times to Tom as to when you're training. And um, we will dive in as well, but we'll just kind of get through Tom's day here first as well. Uh, what time do you know second session and how many meals do you normally have in between that first and second? We know that post-training recovery one, but then what does it look mm-hmm. like in between there and the next training session? Okay, so yeah, walking you through it. I tend to have meal two at about 11 o'clock, a bit like a brunch. <laughs> so, and that will normally be egg-based again because it's quick. So I normally have like an omelette or like scrambled egg bagel. I can normally sneak a bit of micronutrition in there, um, some pesto or some spinach, mushrooms, that kind of thing. And then I work back from whenever that second session is going to be. So it can vary, but it's normally around, normally starts about between 4 to 4.30. So again, I'll work back from that session. 90 minutes beforehand, I'm going to have a, a, a higher carbohydrate snack with a little bit of protein in. Very similar to probably to what I would eat five in the morning so bagel based crumpet based something in a wrap might you might, might use liquid nutrition if my days run a little bit late so if i'm if i'm getting shorter to to the session i still want to get a decent amount of food in but i want it to digest quickly then i might make up a smoothie i might use you know um, some carb powder something like that so that i'm not going into that session the field wait so just to recap that's finish that first training session get that recovery meal in and then a couple of hours after that 11 o'clock ish, have another training meal, right? So another substantial, decent sized meal. And then, yeah, high carb base for that second session. So there we've got kind of three feeding points between those sessions, which what we were thinking back at the start um, about how people only fuel in between those, something that we commonly see is one feeding point. They might, I don't know, train mid-morning and then just have lunch, have a big lunch, which is, you know, yeah. not, not the worst thing in the world, um, but then they'll probably again a little bit after that as well. And there's just that kind of one feeding point. Whereas with yourself, what we've seen already, um, one, two, in between those sessions to get the carbs in, to get the protein in, to get the recovery kick started and get the fueling ready for that next session as well, um, yeah. which is ace. And finishes off the rest of the day. So um, also one to mention or to ask in those sessions, are you doing any intra workout nutrition as well? Not normally, because most of the sessions are under an hour if they're two-a-day sessions. So not normally. Uh, I will use intra-workout on days where I'm doing 75, 90 minutes, but that tends to be a single training session. So afternoon session is normally about 45 minutes. So let's say if that starts at 4.30, I'm done by kind of quarter past five, half past five. So normally that's a bit early for me to have dinner um, because I like to have dinner, cook with my wife together. We always like to cook together in the evening. So what I will do you'd have something to tie me over because we might not eat till about seven o'clock. So for me, you know, it's a bit bit too long a gap. Uh, not only am I, am I missing a little bit of opportunity to get some nutrition in post-workout, but I can often end up feeling pretty hungry, which can then often lead to kind of overconsumption. So I just need to kind of get the balance right. So for me, a post-workout shake there works really, really well. Tides me over, digests nice and quickly. And then we can kind of cook dinner and sit down and have an evening meal that I will actually enjoy and eat slowly rather than kind of shoveling in at 100 miles an hour. Awesome. And then uh, after that dinner, you have anything as well? Or is it just tend to be dinner for you and then that's it until the next day? Um, and obviously, if you go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, double days, it'll be kind of more of the same, right? And, and pretty consistent with that. Yeah, I, I love a bit of consistency, love a bit of structure. Sometimes I'll just go by feel. So sometimes by a Tuesday night, 
or even Wednesday night. Yeah, I'm sometimes feeling a little bit, a little bit beaten up. Yeah. You know, my most intense training double sessions, like say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I might have a little kind of pre-bed feed, you know, some high protein yogurt, a little bit of muesli, just to, to slow down the digestion of that protein. And I might have that, you know, I say pre-bed about an hour, 90 minutes beforehand. So after my evening meal, have something before, before bed. Or if I've, if I've had kind of whole food post second session, I might have a shake or something. I'll just kind of go by feel. If I feel a bit hungry, if I feel a bit sore, then that's a good sign for me that I just need a little bit more. And I always try and make it quality based. So that uh, it's just going to help that recovery, that kind of, you know, that turnover and doing those multiple days back to back. And I think that going by feel is a really, really good point that, that when you're doing double training days, the intensity of each session might vary from day to day. You might not necessarily mm. be feeling as beaten up one day as the next. Um, and I think the beauty about your, the way you structure your nutrition, Tom, is exactly that. You structure it, but there's still room for that flexibility with that potential evening feed where, you know, hey, maybe I do want to pre feed because I'm feeling more beaten up. I know that tomorrow's session might be a little bit tougher as well. Let's get that kind of intake in. But for the most of it, it's nice and neat structure. And I think that whenever you're doing double training days and whenever there's kind of a switch between double training days to rest days as well, um, I always think it's important to have that kind of baseline structure and meals snacks that you can plug in and take out as and when depending on activity level depending on how you're feeling too uh would you agree with that yeah definitely uh going into a rest day yeah you haven't necessarily got to to, to refill the tank completely to 100 percent. you can kind of let it bleed into the you know, in, into the following day and and i also find with a rest day sometimes it's an opportunity to eat bigger meals in terms of maybe more voluminous meals or more higher fat meals, because I haven't got to be so, you know, dependent on these meals being fast digesting so that, you know, because, you know, I'm trying to fit everything in trust plus two training sessions. I don't want anything that's going to kind of get in the way, so to speak. So for me, a rest day can be an opportunity to have, you know, higher fat mints or have some steak or have some salmon or even have that in an evening meal that going into a rest day as well, you know, more voluminous vegetables, more fibrous carbs things like that that i can get in on those non-training days um but like i say have bigger feeds so i'm still satisfied and i'm still eating enough because the last thing we all know is that you want to wake up after rest day go into that double training day again for example and just feel really sluggish because yeah. that sucks yeah and and that is a common issue as well that we see often isn't it it's not eating enough on a rest day um and so even though you said meal frequency might come down because you're not dictated by i need those carbs in me i need the the quick yeah. digest and stuff but meal size go ups to kind of compensate for this so that you're still yeah. realistically tom would you say uh and feel free now as well but eating the same amount of food on a rest day as you would a double training day or maybe slightly less but just the composition changing and obviously the meal size changing as well i would say it's very very similar within kind of five percent only because as well like, i feel satisfied on that uh, and that that's really important, I think, is, is to make sure that you're you're eating enough still to to feel satisfied. And like I say, even if the meal frequency drops, but the 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 caloric size of those meals goes up. But when I often find when using higher fat foods or I'd say using more more fibrous meals, it, it doesn't feel that much more food on the plate. So I feel pretty satisfied, and that's important to me. And again, like I don't want to get up and go and try and do heavy squats the next morning and just feel beaten up because again. It's a two-a-day session. You just don't want to be chasing. You want to have things set up that you can give it your all. And I'm not saying I get this right all the time, 
you know, some days, say work gets in the way, life gets in the way. I might miss a meal or like say that afternoon snap becomes a bit smaller. And okay, sometimes that second session isn't as optimal as, it, as I'd like it to be, but you always kind of learn and I'm always trying to refine it to, to make it again, trying to just reduce that friction time as much as possible. So I've got easy go-to options. So making it that, you know, your cupboards are stocked, you've got the right things in your fridge. And I say this to clients, but I do it myself, you know, try and map that week out, try and see where you may well have pinch points and you need that quick snack or you need that quick meal, whether that's pre or post-workout, because the number of times I've seen people three, four o'clock in the afternoon reaching for an energy drink and like a saurine bar, you know, 20 minutes before they're going to train because like I say, they've, they've eaten post session one and then they're just not organized and they've not thought about it. And then they're like, oh, well, I'll just smash an energy drink in. That's great. But at four o'clock in the afternoon, like how's the quality of your sleep? And then you're getting up and asking your body to, again, maybe do two sessions a day the following day. And you're just chasing all the time so you know you don't want to obviously front load everything a little bit of planning and a little bit of structure i guarantee will help both of those sessions will help your recovery and i guarantee you'll feel much better for it outstanding uh yeah there was there was a little thing that i wanted to just kind of talk about as well tom what would you do if your day was more compressed because like we kind of mentioned as we were running through it there um you're able to those three feeds post-workout brunch kind of meal and then that larger carb base in between those sessions there's mm. somebody that might maybe train uh mid-morning morning and then early afternoon as well the kind of person that we obviously mentioned a bit before where they would just have that kind of one feed that one lunch how would you potentially um address that well again there's no one size fits all here so there'll always be a little bit of trial and error and that's what i've done personally here i've, I've, I've played around with meal times and things like that um again i think Still trying to keep some sort of frequency in would, would be great. Probably just making things a little bit smaller, almost thinking like mini meals can, can be a great option. And also I'm a big fan of, of like liquid nutrition. So post-workout, you could make a, a protein and carb smoothie or you could use like an all-in-one recovery shake. So it's a really good way to get kind of 300, 400 calories in. You could then have a, a meal maybe, you know, a couple of hours later after that. Again, if you if you're struggling to get something in before your session, actually using a, a an intra workout option, so for example, like you know an electrolyte and carb powder, you could start sipping on that half an hour before your workout, and then just keep sipping on that into that second session as well. So actually, just rather than thinking twenty minutes, thirty minutes into the session, oh, I need some intra workout here. Again, just get ahead and and just start sipping on that before your workout into your warm up, and that will then be available and ready to use throughout your whole session rather than when you're just doing your bicep curls and your tricep extensions at the end of your workout. Yeah, and there's that kind of key theme running through this of planning and getting ahead of your nutrition. And that is what stops you from having that backlog at the end of the day that we mentioned right at the start. That's what stops you from having to chase your nutrition um, at the end of the day, just try and get it in. Mm. It's that preparation. Do you, do you find uh, with obviously like your, like your clients and, and the athletes that you've got, uh, that they find it a bit of a stress to to, to get new nutrition and recovery in. So, I, you know, I see people get really excited for their training. They look at their training program. Oh, I've got two a days here. I'm going to smash this, smash that. And because, again, they've got a lot going on and maybe they've got the job and the work or coaching, everything to fit in, like these big pillars, nutrition and sleep and recovery and stretching and mobility kind of get pushed back a little bit because obviously there's 
potentially double the amount of training to focus on the day? Like, how do you get, how do you deal with that? See, it comes down to having a really spot on routine and becoming kind of committed to that routine as well with the guys that I've worked with in the past. Um, that were that kind of told that realistically a, a training for most of the day in those kind of double session style, it's making sure that they know exactly what the stimulus is going into each session for sure. Um, and making sure that prepped before. So, um, a couple of guys that before that went out to the, to the games, um, David and Emma to each of their sessions. And these are some of the guys that might have adaptive sessions in the morning as well, and maybe kind of some performance based in the afternoon, but we made sure that we knew exactly what the stimulus was. And that we almost had um, plug and play structures depending on what the day was. So we knew that if it was two performance sessions in the day, we knew they were getting up at X time. They were having X amount um, to eat, they'd hydrate early, just like yourself, Tom. Um, it was often nutrition in the morning to them. Big old smoothie, that kind of stuff with a ton of um, fruit in, maltodextrin, that kind of thing to get it kicked off. Uh, and then that, that kind of lunchtime point was the, the the toughest point. That was the hardest point because more often than not, it was they only had two to three hours in between before going into their next session. And um, sometimes two hours, uh, which did quite tough. And that was where we essentially did exactly what you suggested there, Tom. It was quick post-workout shake to get some protein and a little bit of carbs in nice and quick. A mini meal that was more of like a, a normal meal. Um, but a little in size so that it could be digested. If they had more time, it would tend to be a little bit bigger. Uh, and then that session, a lot of intra-workout leaning on um, stuff like modern and having that, like you said, not just necessarily even as you're warming up, but beforehand, having it prepped, having it ready to go uh, and attack it. Yeah. As I say, structure is so, so key. And we mm. kind of had a bit of a luxury with um, those guys, Lee in that they were much more able to dictate their own structure and create a structure that worked for them because they weren't necessarily dictated by someone else at work. You know, when these guys are maybe they're working for themselves, um, they can map their day out in a way that suits them. And yeah. they don't have to worry about being at work at a certain time or any other commitments around that, which does make it a lot harder to do this, definitely. It makes it a lot harder, um, but then be kind of that prep becomes that little bit more important and it doesn't necessarily mean spending hours and hours of your week prepping and um, it means maybe on the weekend for an hour or two mapping out the week just like tom mentioned earlier um, and making sure that you go to options so overnight oats like you said a really easy quick go-to option for the morning if you know that that's a point for you where you struggle to get this in um establishing meals for that kind of gap in between if you're a double training day athlete as well knowing what sits best with you uh digestion knowing what you can get down easily um and not necessarily knowing when to try new things as well right knowing when to think oh yeah i'll try a new meal at that point and knowing what's worked for you i think is yeah. so key um and as tom said the size fits all approach a lot of trial and error the principles remain the same and the principles are basically refuel repair rehydrate um make sure you're featuring the sessions it's all stuff that we've gone on about before um on other pod well yeah, but it's just tailoring those principles to you and yourself. And I think, go on, Tom. What are you going to say? Uh, no, sorry, right. I, I was just going to say. I think for for what I'd call, you know, like the everyday athlete. Yep. So maybe someone who's still got to got to work in between two sessions, and and there are lots of those people out there. So I think for me, this is where like outsourcing and simplifying your nutrition can really really help. So um, what I've commonly done with with a number of clients that maybe train in the morning, go to work you know, the training, training in the evening after work again is their lunchtime meal could be really tricky because they've got to prep their breakfast. 
they've got to maybe you know prep some snacks around the day but they get a bit fed up of prepping lunch as well and that's where i think you can either simplify by having what we call like a no cook meal you know where you're going to use pre-cooked protein where you're going to use microwavable carbohydrates you're going to use a bag of salad uh, but also like using a meal prep company because uh, you don't necessarily have to use a meal prep company five six days a week you could order five meals a week you could put you could have three in your fridge for let's say my example monday tuesday wednesday double days short on time quick lunch microwavable meal prep and then keep the rest in the freezer because they're just handy for whenever i might need them but i can kind of roll them over for another week so it might be that three four weeks into your meal prep subscription you pause it for a week or two because you've got actually you've got plenty of meals in the freezer but it's just reducing that decision and 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 friction time around nutrition Again, it's just identifying your own pinch point. If you've got time to prepare lunch, that's great. It may be that you might want a meal prep option for your evening meal. When you get home from the gym late in the evening after your second session, you can't be bothered to cook. That's where you can use a supermarket healthy ready meal, a meal prep company, and also using things like smoothies and scrambled eggs and having like breakfast meals in the evening because they're really quick and really easy. There's no harm in that at all, as you say, and that's something... Um, no. meal prep can sometimes feel like a bit of a commitment really can't it and it doesn't have to be yeah. um, it doesn't have to all day thing an everyday thing even can just be you using it the way that you want to use it and i think that's a fantastic point tom but really really good really glad you brought that up ace have we missed anything on double training day i think one thing that i wanted to mention quite quickly actually um and this is especially relevant for people like yourself who are hybrid athletes that maybe do a lot more um training so running or cycling or something like that and that is hydration i think hydration can be a huge one for example in your morning sessions you in particular if you're going out on a, a big long run that's pretty decent intensity um you can sometimes yourself in a spot where you're chasing your hydration the rest of the day maybe going into that second session dehydrated as well um what are your top tips on again being organized so i think i've mentioned this on another podcast probably multiple times I've got a water bottle for those that might be watching this. And it, I fill it up and it goes in the fridge the night before. In that morning routine, the first thing I do when I come downstairs in the morning is I use a product that has electrolytes, that has B vitamins, that has adaptogens in for my morning session. For me, hydration and electrolytes is a non-negotiable, particularly on, particularly on a two-a-day two training. But just getting, just getting some water into it, it's having the systems in place. And again, it, it, it pairing it. So every time I, I sit down at my desk, I try and sit down with a, with a full bottle of water so that I'm not, again, chasing that hydration later in the day. Again, 90 minutes to two hours before my second session, right, have my snack, fill my water bottle up. And it's just making it a habit so that you almost kind of are not thinking about it too much. But again, I'm a big fan of like a thermos style water bottle as well. So if you're someone who's traveling, going to meetings, invest in a good quality water bottle and keep your water cold. You can always have a bottle of water with you then, so you shouldn't be going too long without it. We all know we should drink enough water. We all know we should get enough electrolytes in, but but it, it's just putting the systems and the habits in place. And again, you, you're not going to get it right seven days a week. These things take time, but it, it is just finding a system that that works for you and just making it easy so that you're not, let's say, having to do more. It's just about habit stacking, isn't it, and adding it to something that you already do. And a word that we've mentioned a lot across this podcast has been frictionless. Uh, and yeah. I think that's one is not getting in your own way uh, is key. And it, we all do. And like you said, you're not going to get it right seven days a week. 
but find those pinch points, as Tom said, throughout. And that's the same for hydration. It's the same for fueling. It's the same for recovery. It's making sure you're staying on top of all of that. Awesome. Tom, this has been fantastic. Have you got any more kind of last minute points to add before we wrap? Uh, oh, do you know what? One thing very quickly I wanted yes. to touch on was, was the flip side of it. Okay. That sometimes if people have said to me they feel too full. Right. So they're, so they're trying to get all these meals and snacks in and they feel a bit too full. And again, this is where you need to maybe identify what's working for you. If you are feeling a bit too full, are you eating a bit too much nearer the session? So like Luke said, you said earlier about making more mini meals and maybe using liquid nutrition. But also th this commonly comes sometimes from people who eat a very, what I'd call very healthy diet. So they eat loads of fruit and veg. They eat whole grain pasta like it's going out of fashion. Ev everything's very high in fiber potentially. So actually just making a few swaps can speed up that digestive you know, process so that the, the, so the, you know, everything's moved through and, and it's ready to be used rather than feeling heavy. So don't be afraid of white rice. You can swap the broccoli and cauliflower for things like spinach, tomato, peppers, mushrooms. Uh, you know, choose maybe leaner sources of protein. Like we said, smoothies, liquid nutrition is a little bit easier to digest so that you don't feel as full. Um, and again, you've still got other opportunities away from your training to get plenty of nutrient density and fiber into your diet. Okay, it hasn't got to be every single meal has to tick all the nutritional boxes to make us super, super happy. Because again, if you're training twice a day, you've got to prioritize certain things at certain times, as opposed to maybe someone who's training once a day. And you know, want, we want a nice balance of everything across the day. And we're training twice a day. And particularly if that second session is a performance-based session, you want to go in and crush it. Yeah, make things a little bit leaner, a little bit easier to digest. And again, just keep a little diary, keep a little log. Felt good on that meal, didn't feel so good on that meal. Okay, I'll eat more of that, less of that next time. And just keep tweaking from there. Boom. Yeah, that reflection, so, so key. Because uh, more we can just stumble, stumble by without necessarily knowing why we feel certain ways. And so making sure that you, yeah, keep a log, like Tom mentioned there, guys, is so, so key. Uh, Ace, fantastic. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure talking about all things double training days uh i am i've gone through it i won't lie i'm glad that i'm not a double training day man uh it's a lot kind of run through it's a lot to stay on top of but you can get it right and tom is a great example of how to get it right so guys if there's anything if you are a someone listening at the minute and you train twice a day and you think hang on a minute i don't know if my structure around training could fit around the kind of stuff that you talked about if you're still at a little bit of a loss as to what to do to around yours then please do not hesitate to get in touch with us drop us a message on instagram um, or on the website more than happy to help and tailor that more to your kind of sessions um, but i think we've been yeah we've covered a lot there yeah mate it's been good it's been really good yeah hopefully some good takeaways there for everyone so yeah well thanks for tuning thanks. in yeah thank you very much for tuning in guys um as i say you can buy our programs on our website ph nutrition and if ever you have any that you want us answering on the podcast as well, then send them to us on the Instagram or again on the website. And if ever you want us to dive into any studies or anything like that, send them over. But Tom, it's been a pleasure. You guys listening, we'll see you in the next podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.